Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of belief. Honest Abe here with my trusted gang. We are broadcasting live from sunny South Florida. As always, the producer who does something, uh, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco. Hey, hey, hey. And the man they know as the goat, Alex Tabella. There he is. Good morning. Uh, I'm officially back in South Florida, too. I thought your flight was on a day you had to miss a show. Last yeah, Saturday. Oh, is he not? Dude, I forgot. He didn't even realize. You. Now what? Nah, okay. Speechless. You, you didn't miss me? Not at all. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, a little bit more professional and button my... I'm just curious. Up. In the host banter, we were talking about the Altus giveaway. Is this when we're giving it away? Because I don't see it anywhere on the docket as to when we're doing the draw. Yeah, we're giving it away. In, in the beginning? Yeah. And during the banter. Okay. Okay, no worries. Right now. Soon. Right now. Anyways, well, so anyways, we have a uh, nice prize at Altidus USA, one of our awesome sponsors, puts up every quarter. Um, all you had to do is just sign up to win it, and the new prize for the next quarter will be up next week. But do we have a photo of what that prize was? It was a nice sure little H. Upman package. There it is. Look at that. We're going to give that away now to uh, one of our lucky loyal listeners. Oh, I like those lighters. You want to give it away right now? Yeah, it's in the banter. Yeah, let's, let's give it away. Let's start out with giving away something cool. Absolutely. Go ahead, Alex. You take control. Yeah. Let's take it to the world famous. <laughs> Alex, you the take wheel. control. Well, he has the wheel. The world famous wheel of names. Are we ready? Are we up? Yeah. Everybody can see the wheel? Yep. The lovely let's... lovely rainbow reel. It's beautiful. I don't, think I, I don't think I remember seeing a wheel in a long time where I can actually read anybody's name. Read some names? Right, right. Yeah. Only 800 names crammed into a wheel. All right. Here we go. Oh, boy. Good luck, everybody. If it's Quentin. It's Albert. Oh, Albert. Congratulations, Albert. Congratulations, Albert. From the fine folks at Altus USA, we'll get that out to you next week. And look for our new prize up next week that you can win some cool stuff because we like to give away stuff that we do. So how was your trip home? Because from the chaos I was hearing all in the background, I swore you were still away. No, we so we came home, and now my uh, father-in-law and his wife are here visiting. So uh, we, people, we came. The people you just left? No, no, no. They live in, in uh, South Carolina now. Oh. So they, they came. They haven't seen our, our new house yet, so they wanted to come, and this was when they could come. So... They, uh, it's good though, you know. They they they've they've been taking the kids out fishing and to the pool, and they're going to be heading over there in a little bit, actually. So you've got so, a little bit of a break. I, sure, if you could call it that. I mean, I've been working the whole time, 
But I've yeah, never met, I've never met a man who works as much as Paul. Never. Well, I work from home. I don't care where you work from. This came out. So yes, so, we're back. It's a it's a full house, and it's it's awesome. That's that's what we like. We like having people. It's boring if there's not anybody here. In all honesty, I don't know what I'm gonna do when my kids all move. When my kids move out, it's gonna be so oh, you'll, quiet. You'll be you'll be ready by that time. Trust me. <laughs> you getting there? Tell you what, it was a very interesting summer. That was the most time I was exposed to all my kids all day, every day since they were probably born. <laughs> I was That's telling true. people I was, tell, I was telling people I was too tired to really go to Vegas, but I think I just really went so I could fall in love with my kids again. Yeah, need about four days away from them. Remember what it was like to miss them. Your house is always full though. Every, I don't think I've ever gone in your house when there aren't other people there as well as your family. Like every time I've walked into your house, there's always somebody else in that house. That's a very observant observation. Observant? No. That's a very good observation for somebody who's been over like three times since I've met you. Maybe four. <laughs> but four random times I came over, there were other people there. I was like, well, my oh, wife's family all lives here. House. She's got five siblings. Somebody's always over at the house. I mean, it's great. Listen, I, I like company believe it or not just not strangers i don't like when strangers are in my house i don't like company <laughs> gee that doesn't surprise me i'm the same way man when i go home i just want to chill in peace you but know. so you just you just deal with it you know what at this point it's part of the fixtures you know it's that's the norm now you know you walk in the house and then just when there's people there just walk outside and smoke a cigar like, you oh, see, I see. I'm not an, I'm not an animal. Kind of company. I feel like I feel like when I would go to Abe's house, yeah, Abe could sit outside. I said, it doesn't matter. Well, when no, yeah, company, but when it's company that you're like, okay, whatever, they're here. Right, it's company got to entertain. It's like, ugh. right, it's less company and more like you know they live there. You know, yeah, yeah. but like when your brother, yeah, when your brother-in-law is there, it's not company. He's just there. You know, we're hanging. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. But wait till your kids get older and. The kids All start the friends, bringing friends over. And you got four or five kids you don't know running around your house. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that part. At least with boys, I, I, you know, they really don't do that that much. They'd almost just rather go play outside. But the girls, they always got somebody over doing stuff or wanting to go somewhere. This was the summer of my oldest. Like, I mean, we went away for the summer, but since she's been back, like, she's already, like, went to her friend's house like four times. Do they do sleepovers at this age or not? I don't yet? do sleepovers. But does she? Is she allowed to stay over somebody else's house? What did I just say? Oh, so you don't do it. I thought you meant at your house you don't do sleepovers. No, I don't want kids. I, I think one of my middle daughter's friends did a PowerPoint presentation on why she should be allowed to sleep over. And I was, okay. like, and I was really so impressed. I'm like, all right, no problem. But I don't want kids sleeping over in my house. I don't want my kids sleeping over. There's no, I, I, there's no, no reason to sleep over. Especially if they live like down the block, you know, I don't where they live. There's no reason to sleep over. You know, you're there. You're going to go to bed, go to bed in your own bed. I, I, I just don't believe nothing good comes out of a sleepover. I'm not comfortable with it. I've never slept over at a friend's house growing up. Unfortunately, my kids get the brunt of that cultural raising I've had, you know, but we just not into sleepovers. I have, but I didn't like it as a kid. I didn't under I was the same in the same idea. Like I was like, why why do I want to sleep up? My my parents live two blocks that way. I'm gonna to go to their house. I could I could go home late. Who cares? Yeah. Why do I want to be in a strange 
bed in another house with some parents I barely know that well. I mean, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I ever like did like child sleepover. I mean, when I was a teenager, maybe a late teenager and like drunk or on acid. That's not sleeping over, bro. That's passing right, out at a party. Yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah, that's, that's not yeah. let's have a sleepover. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, I passed out in probably many strange places in you know, college, but, you know, that's not a sleepover. But I always pulled the, like, wake up at, at 3 a.m. and get the hell out of there. Like, I never wanted up. to, like, if you yeah, I never wanted to wake up in the morning somewhere different. Even in the dating world, I always escape. out. <laughs> exactly. Who's waking up at 3 a.m.? <laughs> I do because I'm not in my own bed. I Whenever I fall asleep on the couch here... I like wake up in a panic at 3 a.m. that I'm not in my own bed. I'm like, oh, shit, ah, and I turn off everything and go to bed. Evan Darnell was the, always the different perspective from everybody. I slept over in a lot of new snacks. New snacks. Where, where is his other, that's his perspective, new snacks? Yeah, sleeping over at someone's house. He has access to food he doesn't have at his house. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I did have friends. So I, I had a friend whose mom regularly made like hamburger helper and when i was a kid my mom cooked everything she never made any of that kind of stuff and and craft mac and cheese like my mom always made her mac and cheese and i remember i used to like to go there because i'd have like second dinner at his house because she'd have leftover craft mac and cheese or hamburger helper when i was a kid and i liked that i didn't get any of that stuff at it's home it's weird how kids get attracted to stuff like that they don't have i, I knew a kid whose mom would never ever let him have bologna really yes and like when we'd go to a friend's house we're like if you gave him bologna it's like he found gold i mean it was so weird i'm like you're eating that shit like you're all excited about bologna i loved it as a kid didn't even fry it i mean ugh. i loved it as a kid just bologna rolled up we used to call them bologna cigars you roll them up and you put a little bit of mustard in there oh man but my kids have never eaten bologna they won't touch it We've we've know. had it before. I've never bought it home. I've never bought I was, it. Home. Yeah, I don't know if I've had bologna in my, if I've ever purchased bologna. No, me neither. But my parents always have a million different cold cuts in their house. You know, they're like yeah, you go to my parents' house, it's like Tony Soprano's refrigerator. There's like sixteen different ki- kinds. Yeah, I don't of cold think cuts. Tony Soprano. I don't think Tony had bologna. There's gobble There's gobble gold too. and smoked turkey. Yeah, I don't think smoked turkey, Italian Italian roast beef. That everybody loves that i'm like it's just like regular roast beef with way too much seasoning on it i'm i've never roast beef as a food has never appealed to me is it just me i like the plain cold cut roast beef i'll eat that roast beef sandwich yeah yeah it never appealed to you no i don't know why what do you mean like i never liked (laughs) like i don't understand like an italian beef Okay, so an Italian beef, yeah, I like Italian beefs because it's. What you mean like roast roast beef? I'm lunch, like, like roast beef. Roast beef like, like, mayonnaise on a fucking. Yeah, like people like love roast beef sandwiches. It just never appeals. Oh to man, me. I love I love like boar's head roast beef with lettuce, tomato, and a little bit of mayo on like yeah. a good Italian hero. Oh, roast beef has to be you know dripping in gravy, gravy. with or a big something. slap of yeah. provolone on top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really a roast beef like hoagie guy. Jeff Walsh is a big bologna proponent. I'm sure Jeff Walsh lives off bologna. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Me neither. He hasn't been by. Yeah, oddly, where you been, Jeff? I haven't seen Jeff Don't in a while. Bologna. Yeah, there's always that house. My uncle's house. 
like he has three boys and a girl and i like i've never gone I mean, they have like five fridges in the house i mean like literally. oh wow oh yeah this is musa who comes down with my dad all the time yeah, um, yeah. there's i don't think i've ever been to his house without 12 to 14 people in the house at any given point and he probably Literally. loves it. That's that's his thing. Like he loves having everybody there. I he think. doesn't mind, man. The more the merrier. I mean, and it, it, it's like you know, some are family, some are kids' friends, some are kids' friends' families. It's like, it's always somebody at the house. Geez, five refrigerators. That's like a dream. That's something to strive for. He had three big boys, bro. They ate their way wow. and tore their way through everything like locusts. That's what you know. I'm nervous about that as my boys get older because they right now they they barely well Eli eats anything, but gotta love very gotta love Alan Rubin with the unfinished statement. My friends, my friends always like the fact that my dad. Is, All right, is, hold on. Is, is this a game? Should we start an in-show contest? Contest the best person who could complete. Yes, that I think we should. He, he commented. Did you see this? Finish Alan, Alan Rubin's sentence and win a prize. Yes. Oh, here you go. Try to see there's no curfew and no giveaway. There you go. Finish that. Whoever has the funniest one. Man, who's no, come on. That's a, that's a good one. My friends always appreciated the fact that my dad rarely. <laughs> Oh <laughs> man, um, I, I can't remember what the beginning of the sentence was. Now, my, my friends, friends always the fact like... that my dad. Oh, this is gonna be funny. <laughs> we should let Matt Booth come up with a couple entries. Absolutely. <laughs> he was he was commenting, I guess, because you know he he made the big move, and he uh, he was commenting about how he seriously underestimated the humidity in Texas there, and the, I guess he's in the Houston area. Yeah. I listen from friends of mine that I know there say it's ten times worse than South Florida humidity. Wow. Loved his friends more than that's a good one. Robert King. Oh, this is gonna be a ay, ay, ay. What? <laughs> oh, Tim McCabe. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> this is going. Well, Alex, here, uh, or Alan, going down a bad road. Minutes. I really, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this, participate in this show. I'm too intrigued watching all the, uh, no, all the uh, comments. Well, there's only one way to get that started. Let's 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 get the guy who probably was going to contribute some of the best answers on the, <laughs> in this in show contest. And I got to figure some. I'll figure out something during the break to give away. Um, He'll find something in the office. Yes. Uh, let's bring on it. It's going to be that time for Meet Your Maker. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Boofy baby. Oh, my God. Am I live? Yeah. It's are we here, Paul? Am I here? You are here. You're in the moment. Fucking waiting 17 days for this. <laughs> I was, the anticipation was swell. It was like you were edging me out fiber All right. optically. All right, Matt. It's crazy. Yeah. Yes, sir. You get your one entry. Complete the sentence. Okay. From Alan, from Alan Rubin. 
Alan Rubin, friend? like the the legend cigar uh, company the owner, or no, Alan the other legend, one. The fake the one. Other one. Uh, my Abercrombie underwear model. Yes, there you I'm go. familiar. My friends always liked the fact that my dad. Oh, finish the sentence. Yes. Yes. My friends always liked the fact that my dad, maybe in a moment, uh, theatrically masturbates at passing traffic. <laughs> in that booth fashion. Beautiful. I would expect nothing less. That's that's rapidly spanking it, wearing some sort of fanciful headdress or some si some sort of like maybe perhaps saffron tunic or uh, some sort of embellishment. Uh, bodily embellishment. It's going to be think. one of those shows. In fact, we have the we have the uh, Would You Rather segment in hour two. It's actually oh. the Matt Booth edition. So, oh no! Yeah, we have to. There's a Matt Booth edition. Yeah, we Ooh, have to oh, read yeah. the disclaimer before we start that section. <laughs> Please tell your children to get out of the room. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the disclaimers. Yes, I like that, man. You know, and speaking of things to be spoken about, you know, as I was. So patiently, Paul, so fucking patiently waiting for this whole thing. Yes, I sir. was I was watching your delightful intro and I know you know every character oh my god, look at you, Papa. It's never too far away from me. Oh just it just feels sexy. <laughs> just oh that's right, those ripping. boxes are that soft touch. I don't know what I, it is, I, it just feels sexy. Yeah, I love you know I love saying? the feel of those boxes. God, that was a fun drunken night. I don't even touch my wife like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you saying something, Matthew? No, no, no. I mean, well, I mean, I was, but my words paled in comparison to the importance of what you were just doing. So, I stopped. Well, continue. I don't oh. think he remembers. No, no. Uh, I he was do. talking I about do. the intro. Well, on the intro, I know you know everybody's got the type of goat, the Italian stallion, which is questionable, but you know the goat, yes, but you Very know, question. and then, uh, but the, but then. Abe, now I know people know him as Honest Abe, and I respect that. But why does it not say Big Delicious? Oh, or or a twofer? Well, Honest the Abe. moniker Honest Abe began before Big Delicious. Oh, I'm I'm well aware of the yeah. chronology here. It was the uh, it was the moniker given for doing a talk show, I guess. I mean, it, brutally Honest Abe. Sometimes, it's, you know, sometimes mercifully honest, Abe, I guess you could do a whole series of uh, adjectives I, that can go there. I don't think mercy. Uh, there's no mercy. Sometimes there is. No, um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so a lot mm. has changed in the Matt Booth universe since you've last been on since a few months ago. Man, the Boothiverse has shifted. Yeah. In another dimension. So, you know, Matt, look, I know you got a lot of fans, but you've been around a lot longer than I think even some people know. Um, why don't you tell That's us? right. Why don't you get a little bit into the evolution of how you went from jewelry to cigars in a very short synopsis? Oh, shit. Okay, well, we're going to go back. We're going to take it back. So, uh, Room 101 is a brand I founded uh, in 2003, uh, heavily inspired and influenced by Alfred Dunhill. Right. Not aesthetically, but the nomenclature of Alfred Dunhill was always hypersexual to me. I love that brand uh, like the, the Dunhill of 1950. Right. 1960. Right. This, uh, you know, multi-class 
uber luxurious lifestyle collective of all these different fine wares, right? And I thought, I fancied the idea of, of creating a brand that was similar in, you know, nomenclature, but aesthetically very different, you know? Uh, and so uh, Room 101 in 2003 was a made-to-order jewelry brand. I worked in a factory downtown Los Angeles learning basic, uh, you know, wax carving jewelry making process. And today uh, I'm a, a partner in that factory. Um, Which is no small we, feat, by the way. Like, I don't think people realize that the intense side of like designing and making jewelry is a, is a huge, a huge thing. I, I worked alongside a couple of jewelry manufacturers and go ahead, please. They have no idea. Right. But thank you for, uh, thank you for making uh, honorable mention of that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, and, and on a quest to evolve it into a lifestyle collection, uh, around 08 time frame, I began bumping uglies with some of the kids in the, in the premium tobacco segment. Tobacco was, that, was, a was that an accident or were you seeking that out? You know, man, it was cosmically connected to me. I wasn't, I wasn't seeking it proactively. Um, I, I was always a, a, a casual cigar enjoyer, right? Uh, kind of uh, inspired by my uncle Lee back in the day, who was the coolest guy in my family and, and a cigar smoker evolved from, from my grandfather who was a pipe smoker. And uh, I felt, I felt that tobacco and, and spirits, quite frankly, were two necessary components to round out our collection, having no concept of, of either industry or how to approach them. Um, I just naturally started to become connected with, with operators in the cigar business around 07, 08. And in 08, started having some, some more hot and heavy conversations with them about potentially creating a cigar with them, right? Uh, which led to the launch of Room 101 Cigars in 2009. So, so did you, I mean, at that time it was uh, uh, Camacho Cigars, so it was Sal. That's correct. It was, it was Sal, Sal and Christian prior to the acquisition by Davidoff. Yeah, and Sal's actually the person who actually first introduced us. Um, how did you end up with that company at that time? So I, I had been making a practice to alternatively market my brand to the fashion community and fashion industry. So what we would do instead of participating in the industry trade show, which I think some people could take notes from this for other industries, uh, instead of participating in the industry trade show, what I did is I started throwing larger scale uh, after extravaganzas where I would entertain existing and prospective clients, uh, you know, following the trade show um, and just give them an environment to, you know, go nuts in and uh, and follow up and close business with them after the fact, you know. And it was a very effective platform uh, for us to 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 court uh, new clients. And as these things grew, um, I wanted to spice them up with different elements. We started hiring, you know, rappers and all this crazy shit. And and um, I mean, there were, it, it was pretty rad, man. I, I plan on, you know, if my uh, you know, if my physical form can keep up with it, I, I feel like I think we should throw a, you know, a 2023 version of one of these things. But Oh yeah, that's right, go. That's right. So, uh, but once upon a time, once upon an extravaganza, the crew from Camacho came out to kind of investigate our brand, and they were to sponsor the uh, the affair with some cigars. 
and this this particular party was we did a takeover of the ghost bar which was on top of the palms at the time which was like piping shit hot uh you know in in the you know in the nucleus of its heyday right and uh shit had a little window on the patio you could look down to the very bottom of the it was very I don't, I don't like heights right so anyways but that was there it was cool and and they came out and i remember looking around the room i mean literally every single fucking person in this club was smoking cigars man it was crazy and um it, it was a it was a really really cool moment um stitch in time and it was also when we first had connected and started to become i think they started to become interested in our the potency of our brand and and uh they saw it as something that wasn't necessarily uh uh, completely leveraged in, in the tobacco business. And I think that they, uh, in terms of a specific type of kind of niche uh, brand equity like ours, there were other operators in the game at the time. We were a little different, I think. And I think had something to offer. They felt that we would translate well as a brand into the category. I'd like to spend the Which, hour, shocking, we did. Yes, I want to spend the first hour of this show kind of working up to your journey of the major event. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Let me get more in depth than that in the second hour. So, you 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 had a couple different rides along the way. I mean, you you uh, wow. Yeah, Camacho got acquired, and then yeah, from there you I don't I don't know if there was anything in between uh, Davidoff phase and the La Polina phase, but what was it you as a manufacturer and entrepreneur was struggling most during these times of really kind of not having control of what was going on outwardly with the brand, Mm -hmm. whether it was Camacho, Davidoff or La Polina. And I'm not sure if I missed one in between there. I think that might've been it. Yeah, no, we worked, we worked, uh, I worked with my friend, uh, Robert Rosadellic Caldwell, uh, for a couple of years as well in terms of uh, facilitating (laughs) uh, fulfillment. All right. So you've had four different, you know, people, companies that you've worked with all the years and what Mm -hmm. what was, obviously it was all going that great you know, you don't leave. Right. So obviously what were some of the mm. struggles you were having along the way during this kind of a process? Yeah. Well, look, man, my struggles were no different than any craft brand owner that's operating in this business today. Right. They were, you know, product and people, you know, and, and, and distribution. Right. These are, these are massive challenges for anybody in the business, especially on a craft level for me operating multiple businesses simultaneously and being, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't even know what you want to call it, uh, a creative house or uh, a, a house of brands, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I was always looking for uh, partners that their day in, day out, live, breathe, eat, sleep, shit, and other fill in the blank, other activities was premium tobacco uh, because I needed a channel to bring my message and my product to to market right in this space. And that's what I was constantly looking for. I was looking for someone that could help me facilitate the nuts and bolts, the, you know, pulling the the logistical levers on a daily basis. Um, obviously with my, you know, in partnership with me or my direction to achieve distribution of our product, you know? And I think in many cases, although these, these types of partnerships look good on paper, at the end of the day, no one is going to treat something that they don't own like it's theirs, mm-hmm. right? And so you're forever, if you're going to work out of someone else's house, you're forever going to get, you know, I don't want to say second rate treatment, but you're, you're going to get second consideration in every regard, you know? So it's not their baby. 
Like, yeah, it's not their baby. And, and I mean, it does. And it, honestly, I think from both sides, I think if anyone was sitting down, which I would imagine that many people have, I know that they have, but I mean, if two parties, two interested parties were going to sit down, it looks good from across the table. You know, one, one partner that has some sort of uh, machine that could facilitate the faci- fulfillment and, and distribution of a, a brand entity sees, you know, uh, the ability to pipe something that's viable through their channel, pick up a little uh, extra scratch for their services along the way, looks good. You know, looks good on paper until that entity is getting in the way of them selling their own shit, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is which is what happens, right? And and then they can't justify expending the energy on your behalf the way they could for their own product, for their own margins. Simultaneously, uh, you know, someone on the opposite side of the table, I think, looks and sees the opportunity to not have to you know, triple down on facility, additional staff, you know, I mean, you could go down the laundry list of things that are required to facilitate this. And that looks good on paper, you know, until you're dealing with someone that's putting you second. I have to believe that the day-to-day stuff is the part of the business, which is the grind of the business, is the stuff that you're least excited about. Honestly, man, it's like the stuff that you have to put up with to continue to do the stuff that you love, right? It's like or or whatever component of that you you really love. That stuff, that Usha is now some guys, Rain Man level, right? That that's what they live and breathe, right? And and they find them in, in you know in a in logistical position, a position of, of logistical management. But those guys, those unicorns are few and far between, I think. Yeah, we lost you a little bit in there in that dialogue. You're, 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 you're getting you're a little wonky, you're a little frozen yeah. up. You're I, I, I just said I think can you hear me now? You're I I, I think so. You so. Uh, you're getting there. It's 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 it might slowly be coming back. Try changing anything. Try standing on one leg and yeah, what you doing? There he is. (laughs) And it's frozen there now. Somebody screenshot that. Yeah, yeah. Is it my groin? On my groin piece? It it froze on your groin piece. Oh, that's perfect. You're still a little wonky. It's like it's meant to be. Hold on. Let me see if I can just clip the fucking Wi-Fi here, man. Maybe that's the problem. All right, let's see. That could be. He may disappear. He may. He may not. I'm sure he'll return. Can he hear us? It's funny when you start talking real stuff with him, how... The universe funny. conspires against him. We don't well, know. No, no, not even that. Okay. It's a serious dialogue, right? Oh, he... I, I, when you get Matt... Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we haven't had one serious, okay, Matt. We haven't had one anal comment yet. Right, so <laughs> what we were asking was... What, what well, is we want actually the... No, well, we wanted to know the diameter of your nipples. What what is the diameter? Are we talking like you know, like quarters or like the bottom of a snapple bottle? No, no, very aesthetically pleasing, proportionate to the proportionate to the pectoral, good color hue throughout. No, no Pink-ish fucking or weird nipple shit here. No, no, no. They're kind of they're they're auburn. Uh, they're they're the they're the correct tone for my 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 meat suit. <laughs> There Everything is very dialed in, you know, as you Continue, know, Abe. or as you could imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, you know, obviously we're close, we're friends. So I was privy yes. to a lot, a lot of the struggles that you were you mm. were having at the time. And I think, 
you know, most people on the consumer level don't realize is it's more than just making a label and a brand and putting a stick on on a box, right? It's a it's a long yeah. it's a long and tedious process, and especially to try. Look, I've said it before: these distribution deals. I mean, I, I can count on yeah. one hand how many really endure or end up really working out successfully. In my whole and I, and the, and the level of success, I think, could be scrutinized to some degree mm. you know it takes a really magical i think and i'm not saying it's impossible because nothing's impossible but what i am saying is it would take a very very cosmic collection of components to make that really line up so that both parties were equally dissatisfied equally dissatisfied well i'll tell you what in, in yeah. my in my career i'll tell you the ones that have existed basically mm -hmm. one but the two since i've gotten into the business pretty much and from somebody who used to do all the buying and interact, it always seemed like they were one company. In fact, I'll, I'll bet my left testicle there are some retailers that don't even know that some of these are actually two different companies. Um, I can't think of one off my head. The longest and really one of the most successful I've seen is J.C. Newman Fuente, right? Damn. So a lot of people don't even right. realize yeah. they're two different companies because you get a bill and you order from the same person, right? So right. two, two completely different companies. Fuente doesn't do any distributions. You don't get nothing from Fuente. They make their cigars. They deliver a product to mm -hmm. J.C. Newman. All the distribu distribution comes from J.C. Newman. Miami Cigar and La Aurora is one of the oldest ones. And I tell you, when they come in, you never really see a difference when you're talking to them, whether it's a La Aurora or Miami product. And probably one of the most unpredictable, unpredictably successful ones I've seen in my career, um, which I really feel like, I mean, it's, I think they're so successful. I forget sometimes they're two different companies is Drew Estate and Hoya de Nicaragua. Right, right. They push Hoya strong as if they own the brand. Um, well, I mean, then again, who knows? There might be a backdoor deal. They might own some of the brand. I don't know. But they push strong like they own the brand. But, I mean, that's like three I could name in 26 years of this industry. There's a plethora of failed ones. So it's, it's not easy. And it hasn't been proven to be easily successful relationships. He's on the move. He is on the move. Hold on, guys. I'm I'm on the move, man. I gotta find a better signal. Like it's all I feel over. like I feel like we're an episode okay. of cops. Okay. <laughs> we're going into the yes. house. We're going in the house. Where's the meth? Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, man. I think I think you're right. In in all those in all those instances, right? And uh uh signals much better but who knows what's going on behind the scenes too you never know what the relationship is and much better no i was being sarcastic can you hear me if you, now that you're now that you're close you should go to the wi-fi i was gonna say you might want to wi-fi it now that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna do that's what i'm gonna do unbelievable right, guys i am so sorry this is not the the experience i want to provide for you you know <laughs> Queen Four <laughs> wants to know if you're in your bedroom. He got excited. He may disconnect and come back in. Hold on. Well, in, in that sense, since, since he disconnected, he's working. I, he's working. I made I made an initial post. Might as well follow it while while he's here. But Much as you better. can see now, officially, the Quentin Thor name is crossed off. Is that what that envelope was that you posted? It had his. I never, I never followed through to see if he actually sent the twenty dollars. 
he actually it's still in there. Huh. He actually did send the signed twenty dollar bill. Nice. So What's the, what did that take? Two years? A little over, probably. So his debt has been paid. Let it be known. Though he's, the claiming, he's claiming it more as a belated birthday gift than that he lost the bet. Sounds about right. Boofy, yeah. are we back? Yes, Yo, I think we're good. I think we are. Oh, oh damn my it. god, I apologize. It's all right. Quinn wants, Quinn wants to know is this your bedroom? Is this the love nest? No, it is not. Okay. No, it is not. It's my mother in law's bedroom. But uh, we have been in we have been in your bedroom before for an interview. One of the it's doesn't isn't it gray? That's correct. I, I think I may have pictures of it somewhere. Paul in my Paul's, Chateau oh, de Pleasure. Paul's been quietly studying it. <laughs> of right. course he has. Listen, I'll say has. this because we you know Matt's talking about how how it's hard to find somebody that feels as passionate or that will put the amount of time and effort. But one of the things that that I've admired about Room One Hundred One since I've met matt is that he's a he's a very genuine marketer right he is who he is he's very personable with people but like you can you can tell that his passion is in is in everything that he does the the jewelry making and the and the cigars and it's just like i don't know i don't i don't feel like i'm being sold to when you're when you're talking to matt about his products or his brand it's it's a genuine like thing that he's that he's passionate about it so I think that's what draws people in to the things well, thanks, that you do. Man. Oh yeah, Matt actually looks. Moved. I appreciate that. Is that a little, a little tear you got going on there? Yeah, <laughs> just a little. I just, yeah, that was just wonderful. Boogie, that was just boogie, so. Boogie. That was, yeah. Oh, we might have to have the sound bite that part right there. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's it's true. Credit where credit is due. But thank you, um, Abe. When we let's go back to what you were talking about. Now, mm. uh, we were talking about. Uh, the journey leading up to where he is and all the, the trials and tribulations and changes that he's had. We're getting there. I mean, so let me ask you a question. Mm. What are the biggest differences that you are, you have experienced with distributing your cigar brand and distributing your jewelry? Because you, mm. know, you went into, yeah. you went into retail with your jewelry line. That's correct. Right. That's correct. How yeah. did that weigh out for you? What did, did you find? One was better, one was worse. What were, were the one better in some ways and one better in others? Well, you know, I mean, the cigar business has some echoed sentiments from from several different tiers of business in in jewelry and access, accessory game. Like, I've for example, I've always related dealing uh, with Smoke In to dealing with a department store. It's a larger. It's like a big box store. It's far more organized. It has. Uh, a myriad of different processes and, and, and requirements uh, established to be able to stand up and conduct consistent business with. And then, and then, you know, the multitude of cigar stores across the country, I think that business is far more reflective of, of dealing with specialty store, you know, like individual or possibly like two location, um, you know, upscale fashion or fine jewelers, right? So th there are a good deal of things that are overarchingly similar um and and this is across all three categories between peddling you know a luxury or unneeded consumable or product right i mean and then I, they're all I, forget, I keep forgetting the liquor i mean liquor yeah, distribution has to be probably the biggest nightmare of all three. Oh my god it's a fucking bloodbath yeah holy christ man oh 
you thought distributing cigars was hard. Fucking pucker up, Buttercup. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> you know, look at lick it. There lick it is. It. That's right. Which, by the way, was the back cover of the Great Smoke. Mm -hmm. Ah, Fucking right, it was. Boom. But yeah, look, look at look at that look at that section. sound bite that shit. Boom. Yeah, man, look at that. What a beautiful placement, and what a what a fanciful event and gathering. It was. Uh, wait till you see. I, wait till you see next year. I can't wait. I am oh. very erect. <laughs> so wait, let me ask you. So we mm. talked about the jewelry. We talked about yeah, the gin. Because I remember when he called me, he was all excited because he was going to be in this big. I, I don't know if you want to mention him or not, but you. you, mm. you gotten a big box retailer right yeah when nordstrom took us in yes how, how was that did that work out for you were you disappointed by that experience was it extremely successful i mean obviously they were selling more of your midstream i mean they, yeah. weren't, they weren't selling any of the high custom fashion stuff it was more of that's correct mass market appeal jewelry how, how did that work out for you because we never really so, you know we talk yeah. about cigars mostly when we get together i mean we never really talk about the other aspects of your businesses mm -hmm. so so look i mean all all of the above right there, you know, there, there were, uh, there were high highs and low lows, right? In that relationship, we're currently still uh, doing business with them. Um, but it was an amazing way to kind of get my sea legs underneath me dealing with big box retail, uh, and supplying them, uh, you know, a as a smaller company, you know, um, tremendous amount of challenges there, you know, you have to be set up on their EDI system which takes, you know, a, a tech wizard to be able to deliver skew by skew. All ordering is done electronically, right? So there's none of the salesman comes in, writes down on the pad what you want, right. calls it into the office. This is all their buyers go into this, this system, this EDI system, and order skew by skew after you present to them, you know, um, which is a whole treasure trove of, of fuckology in and of itself, right? So it challenges, yes, um, but the but the benefits of, of brand validation, um, you know, there's a there's a certain pride I think with being associated with a, with a retail outlet like that, and 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 also like I said, brand validation. So, um, in, in order of best to worst, what's the hardest industry in in, in you know getting it to the final consumer? Dealing alcohol. Okay, I knew that without be question. Which is second or which is first and second? Alcohol's alcohol, number one. Who's number alcohol's two? Alcohol's number one. Well, it, it I'd say I'd say jewelry number two and cigars number three. Okay. Yeah, but none are easy. No, I mean, I, it's, listen, it's, yeah, no one's saying one's real easy, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's the order of which one's the worst. And and I and I and I list uh, the cigar business the premium, you know, and and you have to you know segregate premium from you know cigarette and all this that other stuff. Uh, but what would be considered? Yes, man. Look at Quentin Thor. Look at this motherfucker. Just all over this shit. Look at him. Look at him. Amazing. I I thought the E stood for erect, but sorry. I, I just mean, assumed when, when it assumed. deals with the distribution of my products. Obviously, yes. E and then E parenthesis. You you know how they erectile do. dysfunctional inhibitance. I thought that's what. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, man. Fuck, that's good. <laughs> That's like some shit I would think of. Right, it's erectile you, dysfunction man. inhibitor. Yeah, yeah man. That is what Room 101 is. It's an erectile dysfunction inhibitor. That's the chief agent uh, and chief component of our success. Yeah. If I 
dare to use the word success. Look at that. Look at that. Custom made by my I was just going to yeah. say, is that a necklace? That's a 16 inch necklace yes, made for actually, yeah, that's, that's straight up Kurt Vader. Yeah. What about, uh, would, would there be, would there be other, other industries that the Room 101 brand would be involved in? Or is this, is this yeah. what it, what it is? You, you think? No, no, man. I mean, I'm, there are other categories of goods I'm interested in, in further developing. However, uh, kind of have our hands full at this moment, you know? So, I mean, any, any further expansion would probably come through some form of strategic partnership. Um, but is I'm definitely anything, interested. Is there anything you're gleaming at? Well, because I happen to be a consistent user of the category, uh, I enjoy. Condoms? I would. That's where I was. Thinking. No, no, man. Oh. Let's not get crazy. This is bareback <laughs> villain. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I wear. Oh, like optic, optical. You know, um, but I and I. That's and a natural transition, around. especially yeah. being in the fashion jewelry realm i mean that's a lot of a lot of yeah but there's a lot that goes into that treasure trove of of, of fucking category development you know so it's like uh one thing at a time here or three things at a time here i unfortunately <laughs> have gotten into eyewear in the last year two years that shit's expensive uh -huh. I'm, not, I'm not talking i'm not talking about like just sunglasses i'm just talking about like my everyday wearing glasses if you don't want to wear something that's you know mucky or whatever it, stuff's not mm. cheap yeah, yeah. And, and then it gets stupid if you start looking at it as any form of fashion because and you want different styles and then you want maybe a, this color for you know i wear can uh, not be a uh it can be a very expensive uh vice well you got frames mm -hmm. that are thousand fifteen hundred dollars or more for mm -hmm. frames before you do anything mm -hmm. with lenses i wear is interesting too because literally like one conglomerate owns the whole market luxotica yeah i mean there is most all of them probably well, like got 90, like warby 80%. parker and guys like that yeah. but otherwise it's all exotica i wear super interesting yeah i was gonna say it's such a part of I, my my life though i've been wearing glasses since i'm three years old your glasses paul are a whole different like, yeah Paul has the sixth grade glassware. Paul, like, no, has, these are Tom Ford. I don't care what they are. Paul has the drunk simulator eyeglasses. Drunk? I mean, if you, yeah. How if about you tripping Paul's acid? Eyeglasses on, you, you can, yeah, it's like you're on acid. It's like you're on drunk and on acid. Seriously. I gave up when I was when I was he a left teenager. I got contacts. Yeah, I I when I when I. When I got to like 13 years old, I wore contacts every day until I was probably 25. And then I just, for somebody with my nearsightedness that can't have the, the laser correction, I, it's, it's, it's a nightmare with contacts moving around. And it's just, they don't make dailies for me. They don't make monthlies for me or quarterly. Like you have to have the ones that you keep for a year. And halfway through the year, they're just the most uncomfortable things in the world. So I, I gave up on those. I have like emergency pairs for like, if we do like a scuba, not scuba, a uh, snorkeling trip or something, I throw them in. They're not the right prescription, so I can't see perfectly. But yeah, I have I have crazy lenses. I'll wa I walk into I walk into an optician's office and they're like, they see like stars. They get all excited. They see dollar signs. He he, he literally left his glasses here one time and we my son my prescription sunglasses. Yeah, we, we were passing them around like a joint. Here, put this on. Put this on. We're all putting it on. We're trying to walk around the office. 
coincidentally, I have lost those again. I don't know where they are. Since I came back from New York, I can't find them. So now you get used to wearing sunglasses all the time, and now I can't see when I go outside. I just kind of squint as much as I can. But eyewear would be a cool. I could see some some cool designs coming from the Room One Hundred One brand for sure. Little spikes on the the arms of the glasses. You can Let's have that get one. carried away. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, they'd be cool. Coming in, if I hour, made it, it would be cool. Coming with, into hour two, let's work yes. towards the connection that happened, you know, and, and was announced a few months ago. And then in hour two, we'll get into what exactly does that mean for Matt Booth and company. So, the last the last company you were working with was La Polina. That's correct. Okay. How did the dialogue begin for you to eventually because like, people, people don't understand right typically mm. if somebody Shocking. gets fired this shit's been, been talked about for a long time this is the byproduct of a flirtation that has been going on two since, years oh many years yeah so i mean many they, years. They, you know in consumers minds like they think oh you just started talking like 30 days ago and i know man yeah. it's like like let's go to Starbucks. Fuck it, cool. Yeah, we're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, shake. Easy. We're good. You know, they don't realize the due diligence of a lot of people and all. The, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like a multi-year process sometimes. So, yeah. how did how did when did you first conceive or think of the idea that this is a path that you would consider at this point in your career? Well, I think I think that when it really started to to churn my psychological butter was about huh. two years ago because. Huh. Because I, I had been retained by them uh, basically to redesign two of their company-owned brand assets. And this is like what I love to do and I think one of the things that I do best. And so- um, You were you know, retained I, I took, by them before the conversation that- Oh, yeah. Possibility of an acquisition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it was a very interesting, I mean, I-, I Who was and, the first and, person that reached out to you? Uh, well, I was, I was talking with Justin Andrews about it. Uh, that was the first person that I really discussed, uh, the potential for a project like that with, um, you know, and obviously, uh, the legend Chris Tarr came into the picture shortly after that, uh, and uh, cigar industry legend as, as we know. And, uh, you know, and, and I had already had a relationship with these guys because I was a, a contract manufacturing partner with them, uh, for several years. Uh, they make, uh, a couple of our products in the Hatsa factory in Honduras. Um, and so as I began to design these products and work with them, you know, a kind of a byproduct of this creative consultancy was, uh, I think, a shared understanding that that we worked effectively uh, as, you know, as partners, you know, and we were effectively able to kind of test drive the relationship uh, in advance, which was, I think, super cool, a very cool opportunity for both of us. As it began to evolve in front of you, was it something that you were, were your initial feelings like, this is not a path I'm interested in? Or was it something that immediately said, whoa, wait, this is, could be a great opportunity for me? Well, I, I felt it was a great opportunity for the brand out of the gate. And, and it was, and it was, there were a multitude of, of little critical points that were all falling into place. Like, you know, if this was uh, the general cigar company of 10 years ago, uh, the opportunity for Room 101 to flourish within their organization, I don't think would have been there the way that right. it is today, right? 
because a lot of stars had to align. A lot of executive level leadership had to get into the position they're in. And then, you know, the company had to evolve into a place where it could legitimately be a, a launch pad for a craft entity like this. You know, so a lot of this has to do, you know, they say right place, right time, but there's always more than that in that equation. It's always right place, right time, right brand, or right place, right no. time, right people, et right cetera, place, right? Right place, right time is where it starts. Then it's got to- That's correct. Then it's got to continue down a positive path. Exactly, exactly. So I saw, you know, I saw uh, a, a very voluptuous and beautiful, you know, from cursory inspection lily pad for us to leap onto, you know, but there were some critical elements that had to be established there. And it, and it was really- uh, a luxury to be afforded that working relationship in advance to really get into the nuts and bolts of, of what it would potentially look like, feel like, and, and uh, you know, be like uh, to be partnered with them on a greater level. And for you, I mean, let's forget about, and we'll get more into it in an hour too, but let's forget about all the logistics that now you are, that burden is, you've been releasing that burden, right? Gone. Like, so forget about, forget about all that benefit. Yes. Yes. Just the mere fact that this wouldn't be another distribution deal, an actual acquisition, where now the exact problem you were talking about earlier, where it's never somebody else's baby, that yeah. now is somebody else's baby. I had to delete that. I had to delete that element because, look, there are a few people, I think, that have been through the myriad of, of distribution arrangements that I have in this business that are still standing. And so few know better than I where the pitfalls uh, lie and where the potential upside benefit could lie as well. And that was the chief um, issue in all my relationships. And so I said, okay, how do we get to a point where we delete that from the equation in a way that's fair and equitable for everyone involved? I think the one thing, you know, look, it's really funny with consumers, right? Because you've seen, I've seen it happen with you. I saw it happen with Drew Estate, how you have this base that feels like Oh my God, how can you do that to us? Right. Mm. Um, which I find absurd, right? I mean, we're all working towards some kind of end game. And if selling your business at that point is part of your end game, anyone who's a real fan should just be happy for you at that point. I was overseas yeah. when this happened. You called me. Yeah. Give me the heads up. So mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of knew before the, the, the news got out. And then to see some of the feedback I, I, is very shocking, but it's always short lived, right? Because everybody was burning down Drew Estate when they got acquired. And look mm -hmm. at those. Look at their fan base today. They, don't even remember, right. they couldn't even remember how it was any other way. So, yeah. But, but exactly. for this, and what I think that most of the people don't understand is I'm, I'm trying to go back in my career and think if there's another example of this. Um, and none's coming to mind, and maybe you'll think of one. But almost every time there's a situation like this, it's made with the short-term intention. Right. Mm. I mean, mm. there, I think the acquisitions take place where the new company wants the principal involved for a certain amount of period of time and then move them on. It's mm -hmm. not with the intention that we want to acquire this company and retain the principal. And the feeling from both sides, what I'm getting out of reading out of any kind of deal, that this wants to be a long term partnership in brand development and, and you know, I don't know, nothing publicly has been said about this, but I could totally see them looking at it as, hey, this is somebody we could groom as a future to do, you know, a personality of our company, which 
in my opinion, they really didn't have. I mean, Rick Rodriguez was great, but, you know, it's, I mean, he, if you were going to say there was a face before Matt Booth, mm-hmm. it would be him. But mm-hmm. unlike, hey, we're acquiring a company and eventually the principal's going to, whether it's Tim Ozinger or Christian Aroa, the principal's going to leave mm-hmm. at some point in the near future. I, I think the feeling of this is that there's, there's a path for a future that both parties are looking for. A hundred percent. I mean, that's that's a component of the shared vision, which I think is also critical to long term health of relationship is that we are we are truly aligned in, on on all of the, the core principle level matters related to, you know, the long term responsible growth and overall health of the Room 101 cigar business, you know, and and uh, and and part of that, it, you know, for me, my responsibility to the project is to continue to to be the ultimate caretaker for the brand and ensure that it maintains its original and core genetics and also to help work with them you know it is part of my responsibility to help mitigate long-term key man risk associated right a lot of people associate the brand with myself and vice versa you know and you know uh it would be irresponsible of me not to kind of help shepherd it into their into their care uh for the long term but i I'm very content um, with the relationship. I'm very content with uh, the creative freedom I'm being uh, allocated in the relationship. And I think that there's nothing to me that doesn't indicate that this is something that couldn't continue into perpetuity. Cool. Well, we're going to get at more this into, juncture. Well, we're going to get more into that in hour two. Mm-hmm. Um, what the perpetuity might entail for you in the future. Also, we got a couple great segments um, right after the break. Name that jam. We're going to test Matt Booth's musical acumen, uh, sponsored by our good friends Avo Cigars. Also, as always, up to date news from our brother and our key contributor William Cooper. See what the scoop with Coop is. Um, Tale of Tape, season five, week number two's in hour two, and a very special edition of Would You Rather. All coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Keep it lit. The H Oven, Nicaragua by A.J. Fernandez. The original versus the heritage. What's the difference between the two? The H Oven, Nicaragua, A.J. Fernandez heritage. The story of A.J. Fernandez coming from Cuba, raised by his grandmother out there, has a lot of love for the country, but also he loves tobacco and he loves his new area where he bought his farm called Finca La Lilia, named after his grandmother, Farm of Lily. So he's got the love of tobacco, he's got the love of Cuba, and he's got the love of, of Nicaragua. Let's put them all together. So that tells the story of this triple fermented Brazilian Matafina wrapper and AJ estate grown Nicaraguan binders and fillers, creating a beautiful array of some sweetness, soft leather, a little bit of spice, with nice aroma notes of black pepper and earth tones. We hope you go out and enjoy this one, that it really tells the story of AJ, his love of Cuba, Nicaragua, and H Oven. So please go out and try one. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. H Oven, Nicaragua, AJ Fernandez, Heritage. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number two cigar of the year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, 
and three more prestigious awards. The Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan Puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. I don't want to miss one commercial. Are they talking about, they think they're going to play phenomenal? Is that what they're looking for? They're looking for phenomenal. Yeah, you might as well play it. Quentin's holding the piss for it. Go ahead. Phenomenal. 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 So, <laughs> I, what I, the I, fuck was that? <laughs> I was watching. I was watching. Did you see his eyes light up? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I was just curious. What is the origin story of that clip? Is that a real Muppets That's clip? That's a real clip from the Muppets. Yes. Where he sang phenomenal. No, no he sang phenomenal. Okay, so who made this original video? Of one. Who 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 audio dubbed this? Who made I this? I do. You should. There should be fucking like awards in the cigar industry for shit like this. I mean, I, I got to give myself a little credit there. That was some of my best work. I there should be awards Damn. in the cigar industry for shit like this. That could be one of the most genius pieces I've seen made in this industry. Kudos. Thank you. It's great. It's a good piece. Oh man, when well we played it for one, well done. He lost it. He lost it. He was dying. Remember? Oh yeah. I, I, you guys got to give me fucking admin access to this. I don't get to see any of this shit. I watch it like every other fan out there. I don't get the back end stuff. Oh, you mean you didn't see uh, Matt Booth uh, changing his oh, clothes I, in between I, the brink? No, I can't see any of the back end stuff. <laughs> so before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, let's uh, we have a segment called Name That Jam, sponsored by the fine folks at Owl Cigars. Matt, we're going to test your mm. acumen. With uh, coming up right now. really want cancel i'd be reaching out to you and say look can i just like start any video that we ever make with this entry i mean that should just be his company entry seriously <laughs> agree all right matt we know yes you, sir we know you have uh musical uh knowledge and this is a very simple segment we play you three seconds of a song and we're gonna see okay. and we're gonna see if you're able to name that jam presented by okay. cigars are you ready sir I have never been more ready for anything in my life. All Thank right, let's run it. My baby, let me, let me sad and If you need the clip again. Yeah, this is. Oh, it, di it didn't play it for me. What? Oh, I have to hit. Okay, hold, play it again because I have to hit the thing that lets me hear it. Okay, I'll again. do it again. Because yeah. it plays it like an ad where you have to, you see. 
Okay. No. Did you hear it that time? I heard part. I think he heard it the first time. He just didn't know it was a song. No, no, that's not true. I had to hit the button <laughs> to allow it. To, I, I don't know. I got nothing on that. Yeah, it was a real obscure one. I, I've never heard the song even. All right, should we Wait, do it? Any, or do you want to oh, there's some guesses. Somebody knows the guesses. song. Let's see. Uh, let's see what the song is. All right. Put it in she said, "Put it in her mouth." I mean, her on the fucking mouth. She said, "Put it in her mouth." Nice. It was <laughs> all, appropriate. All our segments to be Matt, seem to be Matt Booth inspired this week. Yeah, clearly. Do you, are you familiar with that song? Yes. Oh, so there you go. Well, Matt, sorry, my friend, you were Quentin, unable. Quentin as well. Quentin nailed it. Quentin nice. nailed it right away. Quentin's fucking all over this shit, man. Superpower right there. Well, you were unable to name that jam, but thank you for the efforts, and thanks to the fine folks at Avo Cigar. Smoking Avo Cigar this weekend, always a piece of musical masterpiece. There you go. <laughs> um, so before the break, we were getting into your newly formed relationship with General Cigar, um, they acquired your yes. company, and you have taken on you have taken on a important role. What is, is there a title? They, they give you a title a to your role, or is it just Matt Booth, Chief Bizarro of the cigar business? I would almost believe that, but really, did they give you a title? <laughs> I think it, internally, I'm I'm referred to as a creative director. Oh, there you go creative director so will your responsibilities just remain in the cultivation growth and development of the room 101 brand or do you think like the two projects which we'll talk about shortly that you worked on with them will you do you see yourself venturing uh, branching out more into other projects with them as a company i mean i i mean one of my core focuses obviously is is room 101 as a as a whole uh however uh you know i've already uh lent some touch to two company projects one that's distributed from the general side another that's distributed from the ford side in the newly revamped and revitalized sancho panza brand and los status deluxe right so since you bought those up now let's, let's yeah. talk about sancho panza yeah um, man. old school literally crazy right one of the, one of one of um, the Cuban brands I really enjoyed in my earlier mm -hmm. days when I used to smoke them more often. Um, very successful when it came out. I, I, I was there when it was originally launched. Very successful mm -hmm. when it came out. Kind of died out. Mm -hmm. They tried rebranding it. It failed. I believe this is the third time it's being re-released. Re mm -hmm. You as a guy who's been in charge of creatively redeveloping something, do you look at that with interpretation? Like, I mean, to creatively come out with something for the first time, in my, in my opinion, is almost easier as someone who does some creative thinking than to try to redo something that already has some predetermined, especially guys who have been in the industry long enough, right. predetermined. I get that. It's the past. How did you mm -hmm. feel going into this project? I mean, I, look, this is what I love to do. I, I was really excited for the opportunity, you know, because I do what I do for my own branded products all the time, right? And it was interesting to be able to apply some 
forceful touch and leering eyeballs to uh, another brand and be able to reinterpret it. You know, so I, I was I was super excited. You know, I wasn't I wasn't intimidated by that. I wanted to give this brand the proper respect it it's deserves an in, in presentation. One hundred percent. It's a legacy brand. Well, and and Sancho Panza to me represents like a, a an OG smoker's smoke, right? Like my uncle Lee smokes fucking white owl, period. <laughs> like he smokes every day, and when he runs out of premium cigars that I send him room 101 or otherwise, he immediately picks up White Owl again because he smokes before anything else, right? And I think that a lot of the cats that smoke Sancho Panza are day in, day out cigar smokers before anything. They're not brand collectors. They're not subscribers to all the, you know, possibly all the the, the craft industry, uh, you know, fodder, right, in our business. They're cigar smokers. And so for me, to be able to to fuck around with a brand equity that was um, uh, followed and 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 consumed on a daily on a regular by smokers of that vernacular was was a super cool opportunity and you know I wanted to and I believe that I did do it justice. I know I you know I, obviously I have a buyer now so I don't do all the buying. Um, Sancho Panza is a flex has always been a. Um, a uh, value buy, right? It was it, mm-hmm. was, it was a uh, moderately priced cigar, a great and mm-hmm. price. Did I, I didn't look? Did is that continue with this relaunch, or has it become a little bit more? I think it's a little. You know, the price has escalated slightly, but it's still a, a, a tremendous value for the. It still falls in the value. Yeah. I, I'd I'd say so, based on what pricing is today uh, as a whole. You know. Um, you know, in both of these products, both Sancho and, and Los Status, I worked at a factory level with Justin Andrews to to basically re-envision, reimagine uh, the blend composition for these products. And then, of course, I let my my design touch to the, to the products. But but uh, I think Sancho is built. Both of them are built um, to withstand the next, you know, 10, 20 years in, in the game. Right. Now, they're, they're built. Uh-huh. Just to clarify you weren't in any part of the process of the making of the cigars or were you or just the brand no, i was i was involved in the reblending of the oh okay the cigars. Yeah. there you go so um, but but with with justin and i worked at at the factory to to reimagine the blends basically so let's talk about this one um yeah man. one it's been highly sexual it's already been nominated i don't even know if you're aware of this but well, it, oh do tell Oh, it's been nominated uh, for 2022 uh, as um, one of the cigars most difficult to open and, and get to smoke. So nice. Uh, congrats and kudos. <laughs> it's called it's called edging. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're familiar with it. I, I threw out all the packaging yeah. to get to the cigar. I feel like it's those childproof, you know, medicine mm-hmm. bottles that adults can't open. It was like mm-hmm. almost like that. Um, but smoking very well. More importantly, selling very well across all our locations. So the brand's doing good. And I found it very uniquely coincidental. I know, you know, Los Sados Deluxe, but that a Matt Boot project had the letters LSD in them. So, um, well, tell us a little bit you about. You got to open your mind's eye. Big there gracious. you go. You got to go deep. Tell us a little bit about deep. Los Sados. So, so Los Sados had a little less, uh, or a tremendous amount less uh, history in the states in the domestic market as a brand uh, in, you know, uh, if I was 
other than Sancho Panza, right, had some history here. Los Dados did not or did not as, as much. And and uh, so I just kind of I kind of freestyled it. I wanted to create uh, a, a true moniker for that brand, a real graphic that could stand up, you know, um, and stand the test of time, you know, and and give it a signature uh, trade dress and genetic that was going to run. Um, uh, you know, easily recognizable at retail. And that, and that was the same for both brands, right? But I, I wanted this one, this one I had, this one I, I, I went a little deeper on, I think in terms of its dress. And I'm really, really proud of the way that it turned out. Can you tell us a little bit about the blend? Absolutely. It's a, a potent mid-brown, uh, mid to mid to mid plus dark brown, uh, medium to medium plus body and flavor. Um, and uh, erotically potent to the palate. <laughs> I, I love the difference between the old and the bam, that. bam! Look at that shit, man! Look at that shit! Look at it. Nothing wrong uh, with look. the old one. Respect it very much. All right, but look at that. Now this this was a brand that existed before here in the yes. US, outside outside of the Cuban version. Uh, from my understanding, it was it was uh, sold in a very very minimal fashion for a short period of time years ago, uh, in the U.S. So long ago that the ten second attention span of today's internet generation would never know that it ever existed. I would say I don't remember it at all. I mean, yeah. I don't recall it at all. From my from my understanding, it it was sold here, uh, but on a, on a very very limited basis and for and 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 not for some time. But the interesting thing about Los Tados could have been sold for that, trademark, you know, issues too. A lot of time in our industry will do that. So, so I mean, the cool thing about LSD is that in Cuba, it was it was always understood to be a bit more of a machine-made kind of neighborhood, like every day. It was like their it was like their White Owl. To give another shout out to White Owl for Uncle Lee, right? So, um, to bring it into a a, a boutique premium vernacular was i thought super cool I, you know I, I love the name i love the brand um i happen to be a little personally connected to it now through this process and i think it's i think it's going to be it's super cool to to pay a little bit of respect and and get it some respect that it's always deserved well if you're out there and you haven't tried this band this cigar and you actually want to experience the incredible effectiveness of the difficulty level of unpacking it uh hyper eroticism there you go um the edi we do have a live code at smokein.com for this it's for uh, pretty much all the new releases we have coming in if you use the code new 22 new 22 new 22 you can get 10 percent off additional 10 percent off on boxes um or 10 percent off on a five pack of the los sados deluxe from this is the cigar that's the forge side that's correct Perfect. Um, so that's another good question. Is your role, you know, across both segments of the organization, will you be working more with Forge? Will you be working more with General? Or is there not a, there, is there not a line for what you do there? Uh, well, Room 101 is distributed through the Forge organization, right? So I, I imagine that I'd be spending the majority of my time lurking about with those guys. However, you know, as you know very well, Big Delicious, you can't put a leash on a rattlesnake. 
being, <laughs> uh, a being uh, such as myself cannot be confined to boundaries and wherever the need for uh, design and overt product molestation arises, I will be there. Does this new relationship require you to move? Or are you guys going to stay where you're at? Uh, no, no, uh, no requirement to move. Um, you know, I operate as I always have clandestinely Very shadows. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there, 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 there's going to be no Matt Booth desk and office. Well, they're they're installing like a little Tykes uh, desk inside Justin Andrews office for when I come in, you know, to parlay. But, uh, you know, no. Uh, you got a place to sit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you Paul knows the one, the multicolored plastic joint, the blue, the you know, the. I have one here. Yeah. My kids yeah. have one in the other room. Yeah. It's a similar, <laughs> similar model. Yeah. It's yeah. where I do my best work. That's so funny. So under the desk, obviously, <laughs> under the desk, under Justin's desk. That's where you do your best work. I mean, look, man, bucks a buck, bro. Hey, bucks a know. buck. Under the I desk, should... on the desk, doesn't really on make the it. Desk, over the desk. What's and I think a lot of people don't understand this, but what's yeah. some of the things now that you're most excited about that? have become available to you that were so available or readily available or easily available in your prior business yeah. model oh shit man i mean dude where do i start i mean i'm excited about a lot so um obviously uh excited and grateful for the the uber uh logistics support for the brand right not having to worry about uh all the little uh you know the details that go into getting a product into the US, you know, um, I'm tremendously excited for the global potential of the relationship, you know, room 101 effectively becomes a, a, a very well empowered, well endowed and distributed uh, craft brand globally. Did, um, did room 101 have international distribution prior to this? Uh, we distributed officially in two countries in the UK and in Switzerland. previously. Okay yeah you know um and you know the company is developing some really really interesting um uh lounge and retail experiences globally that room 101 will be patched into all of that um you know the fact that we have uh, an army of soldiers in the streets speaking our name selling this product on a daily um you know and that i can that i can work hand in hand with them and and have my efforts in market be authentically reinforced uh after i'm gone is very exciting to me you know all of it really to be very frank frankly frankish frankadelic frankenstein 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 any other cool factors uh i mean as you know i keep a pretty uh regimented uh, uh pretty regimented uh program with artisanal creams and lotions uh you know i have a very uh, a very extravagant rider with them color assorted candies obviously i mean it almost goes without saying uh bottomless chicken check dinner yeah i mean the, the list goes on but i'm i'm, I'm just hitting the highlights uh, really so my, my rider is exponential 
you know, Ron, it's not just a Tarano effect. There was a many, many uh, lines that met the graveyard, but very none of these. You know, when Tarano sold, they 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 disappeared off the face of the cigar industry map. I mean, there's a yeah. real, there's a real difference here in this 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 deal and the fact that it wasn't just a brand acquisition. It was really more of an acquisition slash new partnership relationship. So 100%. I, I don't think that uh, that effect is going to be quite as probable in this scenario. I mean, I, like I said before, I think if this was if this was 10 years ago, this would have been a no go. You know, uh, part of the shared sentiment throughout the entire conversation was that you know, that I was to remain involved ooh, to make ooh. sure. Oh, real yes. quick, real quick. Yo. Hey, we got a part two. We got a part two. All right, everybody, the fuck finish is Alan Rubin's sentence. Oh, oh Jesus. my God. All right. No, I think they should make a new one. They what does he hit enter? I also, I don't know. Yeah, what the wait, fuck, this, Alan? This is like, wait, this is like ad libs. Ready? My <laughs> friend always liked the fact that my dad, period, I also <laughs> fill in the blank. He actually masturbate to traffic. Oh, get boy. out of the shower to pee. Get out of the shower to pee. That's what you do, Alan. I know you do. You get out of the shower to pee. You he probably does get out of the shower to pee. He gets out of the shower. To, I mean, you, that's a special kind of thing, you know. And o- only in the in the most solemn of twilight hours of the day, when you lay alone in your bed, you confront your own demons and you look at yourself and you understand that you're an individual that exits the shower to pee. And you got their questions there for me. You know, <laughs> questions. Pee in the fucking shower. Pee in the shower. Wow. Well, now we're getting into a different spectrum. <laughs> I, I usually do that if I got if either I'm drunk off my ass or I have I wake up like in the middle of the night. I was gonna say, listen, bro, three a.m. late. Yeah, off, can't you can't see? Down. Yeah. I, and, and what's worse is who's pulled this? Like you sat down to pee and you fell back asleep, and then you wake up like ninety minutes later and your legs are completely dysfunctional. That I, has they, never happened to me. Oh, I've, never I've gone on the so toilet. numb that I literally have to drop on the floor. Just extend my legs for the blood. What the fuck is going on at your house? <laughs> no, I just fall asleep. You're a big guy sitting on my legs on a toilet cutting circulation for like what an amazing minute. visual. Oh, yeah. I was just like gonna he does say a full like tactical combat roll off the can. Well, the best thing is <laughs> you imagine Brandy. Yeah, Brandy yeah, wakes up. She sees you naked on the bathroom floor, like in a fetal position, looking down at you. I'm like, and she's like, "It's that time! Oh no, it's happening! It's happening!" <laughs> That's amazing. No, no one's ever fallen asleep to the point where they couldn't get up on the toilet. Yes, on the can. Mm. No, because I have this problem. So th- there's that. There's Did that three a.m. There's that three a.m. I wake up. I'm in bed, and I have to make a decision. So I can try and lay there and go back to sleep, or the other side is I can get up to piss. But I know if I get up to piss, now that's an extra hour I'm going to be up before I have yeah. to go back to sleep. So there's that. There's that dilemma at three a.m. I don't, I don't go back to sleep. 3 a.m. PP jams. I know. Yeah. Do I do it? Do I get up or I just let, you know, let it pulsate? <laughs> this show is going down a different, a different path than I expected. Oh, and Coop hasn't even got on yet. I know. No, no. But, but I did want to mention one thing that we didn't mention in the banter. How appropriate that this is episode 469 and Matt Booth is on today. 
Hey. I, we didn't we didn't plan that. That was the most effort that Paul put in the outline this week. That was the headlining. Like really did nothing else. Century. He couldn't even look up our guest's last name for next week. Our, our guest for next week's last name. That was the most effort he recognized that it was episode four sixty nine. As I was typing, I was like, "Oh, look at that!" Well, speaking of Coop, is he in the back? He is. He is ready to go. I, I, I'm I'm expecting and anticipating long. Would you rather explanations in this show, um, and probably some of Matt's involvement until the tape. So let's hop Coop on and see what what's the scoop with Coop this week. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop. Good morning, everybody. Cooper. Always teaser. Keep up with you. news and tips at cigar-coop.com. Coop, what is the scoop this week? Anything good? Um. Yeah, we got a we got a few stories. Again, it's a little light uh, as we come out of the trade show, but there are some stories uh, that have come out. Now, here's a really interesting one. And Abe, I'm kind of curious on your take on this because you we've talked about this this company. You won't, and you won't agree with me, but go ahead. I probably no, I, I might in this case. We'll say. <laughs> All right, we'll say. So, were you aware, Abe, when you were at the Illusioni booth, that there was a new brand that they were shipping like three weeks? Or three weeks after the show, you saying it doesn't bring any memories to me. And in fact, yeah. it's kind of I actually sat and talked to Dion for like ninety minutes, Dion and Fred. But well, what's, what's the brand? Tell me the brand. I'll say, oh yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember, oh, you know. Ale- well, you didn't see it. It was called Allegria. No, I didn't see it. So Allegria is a brand. Dion's talked about this brand before. He acquired Allegria. At the same time, he acquired the brand One Off. So there were there were two oh, brands. Well, Allegria yeah. actually, Allegria existed when One Off was around. So yes, they, it was they, it was it was owned by the same guy, Andre Molinari. Yes, I remember yeah. the brand now. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So Dion, when he acquired One Off, he acquired Allegria. That that really wasn't a secret. Um, but I was still kind of flabbergasted to find out that they were shipping like there was no product on display about this. The word I've heard from people is they were taking orders for this this brand, and now it's shipping to retailers. So he has relaunched the Allegria. Um, it's described kind of as a bolder version of the um, one-off. Uh, so it's going to be all Nicaraguan. It's going to be made at the Aganorsa factory. Come in five sizes, Corona, Robusto, Lonsdale, Churchill, and Gordo. Um, but like I said, I was pretty surprised, like, you're at the trade show. It would have been a perfect opportunity to, to sh- at least show a picture of this or something. Uh, but it came up. It didn't come up in our interview, and it didn't come up in any of the other media people's interviews. So I was a little like, like, why is the question? You had you had a captive audience to talk about this. Did this displease you, Cooper? That the information uh, it, it, did not it, it flow to you. It disappointed. You... I think I think you know it would have been a great story to tell. Oh, disappointed. Disappointed. So it displeased me. Coop's disappointed. Yeah. Allegria was like a spinoff or lower. Uh, well, that's that's not what the old band. That's got to be his new stuff. That's, that's a new, new band, one. yeah. With, with the peace sign, yeah. So it's what, actually, what, it's actually a plane, if I understand correctly. It's not actually a peace sign. Uh the wing, the wing of it. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's how it's, I, you have to tell people that every time because it's a peace. A hundred percent. Yeah. So oh, it's a plane. Oh, tight. So peace plane. What, what what is your exact complaint? Maybe I missed it. Well, it was a. 
why wouldn't you talk about it at the trade show, which was only a few weeks you know, ago? You know, it's interesting, Cooper. Oh, I, I understand, but maybe he didn't want to talk about it at the trade show. Maybe he's releasing it for yeah. a trademark purpose and he's not really fully blowing it out. I mean, you, you've seen it before where you keep a mark, they'll do a small run of something and sell it out there. Hey, but let's be real. This was three weeks ago. You think that this stuff wasn't ready to go three weeks ago? I mean, we're not. I mean, if it was two months down the line, I get it. We're talking three weeks. This had to be ready and sitting in the warehouse at this point. I don't know if being upset or complaining about it is the right emotion more than maybe just being confused by it. That's why I didn't say well, I was displeased. I was like disappointed. That's a, that's a difference. That's, That's like when your dad says to you, I'm not I'm not mad at you, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I think disappointed <laughs> is even a little harsh. Disappointment. And, you know, somebody please don't tell Dion because we don't want him not sleeping tonight because Coop got disappointed. But I well. think confusing. <laughs> I think confusing. It may be confusing, but I, I always operate like man, there's always sometimes parts of a story that you don't know. So why it's his company, a brand, who cares? In, in the end, it's his choice. It, like I said, I'm just like I, you had the audience there to really kind of tell the story of this, and it didn't get to – Maybe that's not where he wanted the story told. Well, maybe the story's being told right now with you bitching about it. Maybe he you figured if I don't talk about it at the trade but show, Coop that. will spend 30 days discussing <laughs> talking about it right now. It, it could have been the most brilliant marketing ever. Yeah, this is the best promotion ever. I mean, right. <laughs> There you go. Oh, I was wrong. Abe did disagree with me on this. Of course. <laughs> of course. But what else you got going on, Coop? Um, from Gurkha, there was a um this week they this was actually this was shown at the trade show. Um I'm glad you're gonna talk about this. I hope you're talking about this because I'm 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 gonna say something and I don't know how people will Okay. Okay agree with I don't me. have an opinion on this one way or another. I'm just gonna report it. Um Gurkha's come out with a, uh, a sampler uh, of their Revenant line. Um, it's called the Gurkha Revenant Sampler. It's going to have three blends in it, the uh, Revenant Corojo, the Revenant Maduro, and the previously unreleased Revenant Connecticut. Um, the Connecticut, like I said, is unique to the sampler. And the other thing that's unique to the sampler is all the cigars are rounded as opposed to the Revenant box presses, which are um, how they're normally sold as box press. That was the news? That was the news. That so, wasn't the fucking riveting. I, I, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of flack from my old friend Jim Colucci on this. Gurkha okay. had a new line released in trade show this year. Okay. Does anybody know what it is? The pure evil backdoor yeah. assailant. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm being childish. I don't know if it's. I just got mixed feelings about bringing something and putting it on my shelf. That's literally called pure evil. I, mean, I don't know. Do you really want something buying something called pure evil? I, I, maybe it's me. I could just be too. Can I? Hard in my head. I don't know. Can I? Can I? Maybe it address, has dark magic. Can I, Who knows? can I address the aristocrats in our audience real quick? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Is that including? Can the you order? go back to the Allegria, please, and put it up for a second, Paul? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, guys, if you think. There's one fucking consumer that's going to refer to that as the Allegria. You're out of your mind. And personally, I don't know. A L L E G R I A is Allegria hey, in my book. But that's, I but that's the way. I pronounced Allegria when it came out the first time. Just throwing it out there for the aristocrat. For the uh, 
Matt, you tell me. Am I being a little wonky on the pure evil? No, look, man. First of all, you got to put what you feel comfortable with in your store. That's your house, right? That's first and foremost. And I get it, man. I mean, look, if if I mean, if in my head, they might as well made a brand called Six 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 and put it on the box and you know put it in my store. I, I, I don't know, man. Don't you don't you sell that liquid death water in the store? No, no oh, you I don't. Alex always drinks. Alex I just assumed drink. it was there. Murder your thirst. Uh, but you know, even liquid death. I mean, I, that did. But pure evil, man. I I, I don't know. Maybe I I'm get it. They've had a brand called Evil for many years. I mean, how did you feel about listen, that one? I, listen, for me, I don't know if I ever carried Evil. I don't think we have it. But okay, for whatever reason, that's almost even less problematic for me than pure Evil. It's like <laughs> let's just take something bad and take it to the most ultimate level of badness. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, don't I, know saw the the, I only saw the big you know advertising on their walls. I'm about. With the bullet hole in the skull's head. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I get their themes over the years, or whatever. But it, it, I just get a weird feeling in my gut when I, you know, just saying it, and and then selling pure evil to people. Yes, I sell pure evil. I mean, it's, it's just I don't know. Maybe sounds I'm like a good marketing scheme to me. The. I mean, this is where you get into one of those gray line things, Abe, because you draw a line with this, and there's going to be something else that comes close to that line. But, 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 you know, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with the industry for it. This is just totally my internal. Uh, right. I, I kind of get that part. Yeah, I just get that part. I'm not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with it as far as industry-wide or marketing-wide. You know, it's not marketing and anything's bad for the industry. Just on a personal level, you know. Just, you, you know, you know what's interesting, Abe. I, I don't disagree. Okay, I don't disagree with what you're saying here. But you know, it's funny. Is Gurkha's kind of been the a whipping post for a lot of people in the cigar industry. I didn't hear anyone at the trade show whipping on them about this, which is kind of interesting. I, listen, Coop. I don't think it's really whippable. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it falls in line with everything you're doing. Assassin, this, Dahlia. It falls in line. I'm just wondering if I'm the only retailer that looked at that and said. Even my operations guy agreed with me. He goes, I don't know if I want to sell it either. You know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, like I said, it's it's very, um, oh, I don't know, fairy taleish of me, maybe or whatever. I just old school. I, I don't even think it's old school. I mean, it's just more like you know, it just it just doesn't sit well. It's like a bad taste in my mouth more than anything. So well, damn. I don't, I don't get it. Oh, I, I I know, I know. I'm gonna get a lot of flack from Jim when I see him. He's gonna call me a wussy. <laughs> and I don't know if I can argue that point. I don't, I, I don't really have a defense for it. It's just the way I feel. Anyways, what else is the scoop with Coop this week? Um, one one last thing is um, and I know we're gonna be talking more with this gentleman next week. Wait, wait. Um, I'm sorry. Let me answer Coop. Coop. Uh, our West Palm store for decades had head shops around it with thousands of people who wanted to buy water bongs, pipes, and stuff like that. I wouldn't sell that either. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not the operating mechanism. When it comes to, I don't think it's a moral thing more than a personal thing, but when it comes to stuff like that, that's not what decides it. Sorry, Coop, continue. Oh, no problem. So I know we're going to be talking more with this person next week behind the company, but El Septimo, um, which if you were at the trade show, um, they debuted a series of three lighters that retailed for $5.5 million each. 
Okay, you know, so you, they have a series of lighters that they claim are the retail value. To say they retailed means that somebody actually got it. Did anybody get them? As a media guy, do you know? Did anybody actually, was there really any retailer order for this lighter? I was told, I mean, I, I was told by one they bought it. Okay, they was told. Did they tell you which shop? I mean, the retailer told me. You know a retailer that bought this lighter? That's my, what I understand. In the USA? In the USA, yeah. I and I, I, mean, honest, I thought you I thought you got the lighter too. I mean, I'm thought I thought you would actually got this as well. <laughs> Why would I? Where, where, where am I going to put it on display in the store? I, I, I mean, yeah. where, where am I going to put? I mean, I'm, I'm just basing I'm just basing the assumption. I don't know because I didn't even look into it. But the wholesale value two point five million. See, that's what I was wondering if the wholesale okay. value was. Um, Two point two five. I, I gotta Coop, think it's Coop, less than that. Coop, Coop, who gives a shit? One point five million. Where the hell am I putting a one point five million lighter? I'm gonna put it on display in the front of my store. I'm gonna the case it. In I mean, in, unless you already have that shit pre-sold and it's coming in a Brinks truck directly delivered to the yeah. consumer's house, what do you do with this? Yeah, you don't want it in your store. Fuck no, I don't. Half my staff would, half my staff would disappear tomorrow and split it. <laughs> they had a at the trade show they had a guy guarding it. I mean, literally they had a guy guarding these lighters. Seriously, the I mean this is this yeah. is ridiculous. Half, half my half my staff would literally steal it and just split it. Well, well why do you keep dude? showing the humidor? I have no idea. Oh, I, it says that's a five million dollar that's that's what I see. Five point five million dollar tabletop lighter. That's not what we're talking about. That's a yeah. humidor with cigars, but thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's the here's the, I have them. I have them. If you go to Cigar Coop, they're on there. But well, here's Coop the good news. I'll just say there's some good news, though. Unbelievable. If you can't afford that, they are coming out with a series of lighters that will range from $245 to $1,500. Those are them. These are the $5 million lighters. Yeah, and, and, and their torch. So, I mean, what do you do when that lighter doesn't work? <laughs> Damn. Well, here's my question. When someone brings so that happen. lighter back to your store, Abe, and I'm not, or whoever's store, who's going to fix that lighter? Let me I'm just not- tell you something. Even if I bought that lighter, that lighter would never see my store. I would arrange literally for the a Brinks delivery for that lighter to the consumer's house. And I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, that has to be... That, that the only way that lighter is getting sold is someone pre-buys it. What is the what it, it so it's obviously uh, got it obviously has diamonds and I and possibly rubies and emeralds. I mean I guess that's the the value in it and it's gold. I, I saw diamonds. Put the put the put one. The, there's a different one. Hold on. There's a, there's a diff, there's a couple of them. So there's a blue version with with what I assume are emeralds for that price. Which as Matt as Matt Booth knows. We're waiting for uh, these there days. Are diamond, there are diamonds in it. Come As on. Matt Booth knows, these days there's no good emeralds uh, in the world. Who made this? Was this made in China? <laughs> we don't. Oh, do they market? Did they tell you who made this? I mean, I didn't... did not tell us who made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I actually didn't get the CDs, and my guys went to the booth. I wasn't particular at that point when they were. They went to the booth without me, actually. We had a we had a slight uh, 
issue we had to deal with behind the scenes at the time. So Dan Thompson, Dan Thompson was a great question. <laughs> so, but uh, a mix of diamonds, rubies, a mix of diamonds, rubies, emeralds, sapphires. It doesn't say anything about and 24 karat covered with 24 karat gold. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an, it's an enamel process too, it looks like, but still, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, enamel bracelets like that from yeah. Schlumberger are still, you know, $40,000, $50,000, sometimes $100,000. Listen, so we're, in so, we're in South Florida and we're exposed to people who are very, very well off Palm Beach Island. There isn't a human being I can conceive of even entertaining the thought. I mean, maybe I'm not a good salesman. I don't know. No. Then I would say, hey, did you hear there's a $5 million lighter? I mean, there are some brands that have sold for for uh, less money than those lights. <laughs> some companies, you mean? Some companies. Have yes. Sold that. Yeah, that's that's what I found amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's what Dan Thompson said. How do you position a five million dollar lighter with the purchase of your custom yeah. Boeing seven eighty seven Dreamliner? <laughs> lighter comes with a five point four million dollar gift card to smoke in. Yeah. Right. Like I said, I, I want to know who has to service that lighter <laughs> when it happens. I guess send the Brinks truck to pick it up. I mean, they're pretty, but yeah. All right. Is there any other any other news you got going on this week? That's it for this week. That's all with the scoop with Koopas. Please check our dear friend's site out at cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. Thank you, William Cooper. Thank you, sir. So before we get into our other segments, man, I just wanted to ask you. Um, I had a question that I didn't get a chance. I forgot earlier. Yes. Obviously, obviously with your gin, yep. you you obviously see and are going to take advantage of the synergies that exist between the gin and the cigar industry, which exists. Oh, right. My man, of course. Yeah, that is the plan. Was there any or is there any? Do you feel there ever can be any? Do you, can you take advantage of that with the jewelry of the cigars? Do you find it as effective? I, I do. Uh, and, and honestly, if you want to go back to, to patient zero here, you were the initial inspiration you gave. Anytime you've ever given me marching orders, I immediately deploy forces, right? So you, I was visiting you at your shop and you told me you should create a display case program for retail. I walked outside and I made a couple phone calls and I found someone to make me display cases, like literally on the patio of, of your store, right? So um but again very hard to support very hard to execute very hard to support uh without uh, a sales staff to care for the displays right and that's and that was the the shortfall on that endeavor honestly man it's like you know if you want to you know and i don't want to dig too deep into the guts you know, of their business funny, but like funny with huh? paul is we talk about lighters he shows his humidor he was talking about jewelry he shows gin I well i know we were talking about the gin and i it like, takes a while like to upload it ago. Fuck an hour ago seriously man continue go ahead matthew hold on put up a picture of a an elephant <laughs> on the next show yeah, yeah. real quick so peter oh. peter peter Call me on Monday. You need to come pick this shit up that you this load you won from soccer. Seriously, I got get this shit. Just so you know, oh, I got your statue sitting in my office. I'd like to get it out of here, please. Come get this shit. Peter's mm -hmm. the best. He's, he's yeah. yeah. He won he's our mega. He won, he won our, our mega. Yep. Raffle our... with soccer, and he's he's just the best. He's 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 reached the age 
of where yep. you can say whatever the fuck you want and he doesn't give a shit. Nice. Good for Peter. And he's 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 become that guy. Yep. He won the Mega Sajra for Summer Osaka 2. And next week we'll be announcing the final part of the trilogy, Summer Osaka 3. I'll be posting up a video. So if you're enjoyed one and two, stay tuned for the the final chapter. We'll announce mm-hmm. it next week. So I'm sorry, Matt. We interrupted you with Elephant and Sinjin. Um it's okay. Uh the elephant so, in the room is the gin. Right. So as it were. But do you feel that the jewelry was as effective? Because I, I know the liquor and the cigars got to be really easy. Was did because I, I noticed a lot of art yeah. pieces were your jewelry. I see your jewelry yeah. in a lot of places. I think. Well, I think. I think there's going to be a V point two uh, in terms of programming that back into market in in the tobacconist category, right? Because cool. it definitely, you know, it's a brand that has an equity, uh, a cachet of equity in this space that no other uh, jewelry brand has. So, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't dominate as the accessory brand to this business. And I don't mean like, you know, there are accessory brands like Zycar, so they're, they're smokers accessories. I'm talking about wearable accessories. Sure. So two, yeah. one question, you know, we had your beautiful display cases. And mm-hmm. whatnot. Was that the only model did you make or did you make a small tabletop model? Uh, we made a model that actually separated from that pedestal that, that could go countertop. Nice. I'm working on designs right now for a V.2 of that program. Right. Um, I, think, I think it's important to have something where people don't have floor space. 100%. And then I'll give you another little tip because mm. the, the little Hollywood universe that you're accustomed to, right? You're going to oh, put stuff in oh. cigar retail shops, make them big boy sizes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Kids Gap doesn't fare well size-wise. I get it. Universe. 5X, baby. I know. Yeah, I'm just we do saying. shadow drops. <laughs> running out of cotton over here. I mean, the, amount of, Look at that. the amount of 5Xs we sell. I have, that, I have that bracelet, actually. The exact same one. Yeah. yeah Is that yeah, my yeah. man from Cypress Hill? That's my man, Send Dog. Send and Ray is from Cypress Hill. That's that is it. correct. Longtime supporter of our brand. Nice. Long nice. time. Yeah. All right. We have coming up next uh, one of my favorite segments. And this is a very special one this season because this one involves all four of us. Oh. And awesomely, Paul is here to defend his choices this week. We, we got robbed of that last week. So it's time for Tale of the Tape Season 5. Week number two. I know exactly what you're going to say. I did watch. I always watch the show. Oh, oh, so you heard my comment about Alex always when he does that picture of him looks like a friggin' headshot from a movie, and the rest of us are all like, "Yeah, he he picks out the most dweebish photos." I I saw the picture of him. I was like, "Wait, who's? Why is Brad Pitt on Alex's photo?" I don't understand. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) All right, let's just do a quick recap of our pick last week. These are the top. Uh, 10 don't put the image up, Paul. I'm yeah, not going to put the image up. up. I'm just going to recap it of last week. These are all our, our top 10 picks of greatest movie villains of all time. Mine was Darth... Uh, my number 10 pick was Darth Vader. Which was uh, uh, controversial. Not as controversial as I thought it was. 
I didn't right. really catch a lot of slack. I thought it was going to be more controversial, but it really wasn't. Alex? So my number 10 pick was Annie Wilkes of Misery, the most psycho bitch of psycho bitches. Great Yo. pick. Uh, Glenn Close was close on that as far uh, as I I don't know. She's no Annie Wilkes. <laughs> I did bake a bunny in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> William? I had Ivan Drago, uh, probably one of the great villains from the Rocky series. And Paul's? I had Hades from uh, uh, Walt Disney's uh, Hercules. <laughs> Hercules, lovely. So that was our top 10 this week. Who's going to go first with their ninth pick? So listen, we're sticking with the New Jacks. Let the New Jacks go first. You guys yep. are uh, your first time into the tale of the tape world. We're okay. glad to have you. I'll, so, I'll go first. I'll go first. Right. So I don't know Abe's pick, but I see all the picks. You got I, the picks, Paul, know, or you want me to do I, it? No, I see them here. So, but I, I think I know I'll which one picks. is Abe's. Yeah. Okay, go so, ahead. So you know, anybody who didn't watch last week, I had some stipulations as far as what would qualify to be the best villain. There's other components. I didn't do any cartoons. I didn't do any CGI, which otherwise Thanos would have made it from the Avengers, but Thanos didn't qualify because that was actually all CGI. Um, although he did come in and read his roles so they could do his facial expressions. That's why Thanos looks so much like the actor. Um, but that's why that's why kind of Darth Vader made it number 10, and this is kind of why this is at number nine. It's kind of almost on that surreal stuff, but Ancient Smith. Um, I knew from, it. Yes. Uh, this is an amazing role played where, I mean, really to be so emotionless and the movement of somebody who's supposed to not have emotions but then have emotions really complex but one of my favorite scenes and then there's always lines that i'll always remember like in true romance when christian slater kills the uh, rastafarian white drug dealing gary oldman which is one of my favorite characters of all time drug dealing pimp gary oldman and and uh, patricia arquette is like crying and you think she's crying because he killed him and then she her next line is that's so romantic right Agent Smith's description to Morpheus when he's talking about the stench of human beings and what he hates most about human beings is probably one of the coolest scenes um, for me, as I remember. So Agent Smith of The Matrix comes in at number nine for myself. Paul? <laughs> uh, number nine for me is Judge Claude Frollo of one of the most underestimated Disney animated films of all time. <laughs> The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, but aside from the score being probably in the top two of all the Disney animated films out there, uh, he's a, he's probably the most one of the most like dark uh, bad guys villains in Disney's movies because it's very like religious and genocide ish and like he's just pure pure evil. There you go. <laughs> he would probably be smoking a, a pure evil cigar. So, there you go. Is is Paul doing the top ten Disney villains? Well, you're gonna have yeah. to stick That's around to find out. We'll have to stick Which, to find I really out. wouldn't have a problem, but he's picking to see so obscure. That, what mean, is obscure about the Hunchback of No? Listen, I, okay, I stand no, by that no, statement. It's no, probably no, the best. Don't you pronounce it? Five, there's five <laughs> of us here. Five of us here, right? Um, all of us have children. Okay, how many people have seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame? I haven't seen that one. I have seen uh, Hercules. Nope. I haven't seen The Hunchback. There you have it. It's from the, the end original. of the Disney Renaissance. Okay. But it, it, listen, Alan Menken did the music. The, the, the music is in top three of all Disney films of all time. Seriously, it's an underestimated movie 
people unappreciated for what it is. It's an amazing movie. The seriousness of your tone right now is actually depressing. Right. Oh man, I, I'll belt those songs out anytime when you do karaoke. Sure you and smoke in. Sad boner. All right. So, <laughs> so, so coming in at number nine for me is Michael Myers. Um, hmm. I'm going to qualify this a little bit. This is actually like a trinity of picks for me. Realistically, Michael Myers, Freddie, and Jason are all kind of the same person. They all exist in the same realm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little mainstream, but I feel like they deserve to be on the list. And Michael Myers being the first one, he got the nod over the other two to actually get the headlining. But it's actually a pick of three and one. I didn't want to it's clutter my, my it's list. Really, it's really funny because no no horror movie genre qualified for my list because most of the time... Yeah, right. That's, that's, why, I, I just, that's so, why I just so, put all three. So if I had to really put one out there, the only one that really scared me growing up, which really kind of kept me up at nights, was Freddy Krueger. Well, sure, because you had to go to sleep, right? Right, right. But Michael and, Myers got the nod because he was the and, first. He and was there the was more of a personality and interaction. If I was going to pick any genre, I mean, any, anybody from that genre, I think I'd, I'd have to pick with Freddy Krueger. It's fair. Matt, cool. would you like to throw one of your... Right, let's get Coops in. Let's get Coops yeah. in. Oh, oh shit. Coop? I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, I thought Coop oh, I'm sorry, Coop. Coop's got a We forgot pick. you were there. Coop's got an excellent pick. All right, uh, my my pick for number nine is Max Cady from Cape Fear, and I'm going with the Robert De Niro version of it, 1991. There we go. Uh, that laugh, that laugh. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, let me yeah. tell you. Something. Yeah, that was actually in my considerations. It was on my sheet of people to consider. Listen, let me tell you. I'm just gonna I'm gonna make an admission. Um, he's not on my list. I, I, just I think I had him too low and, after and, even and doing I, it. I regret it. I missed him yeah. and I regret it. I'm telling you now. I mean, that's an excellent pick. Yeah, it is a good pick. I didn't miss him. He was actually on my consideration. I completely and, missed him. It, it's yeah. just, he's just a, he's just a great villain. It's just a great villain. Great um, villain. Yeah, and I like the psychological type of villains like, right, like this. Right. So yeah, that's what I, I I wonder if Paul and I are gonna have any commonality of our list. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely Damn. shocked if we have I'll, one in common. I'll go on just on a, on a limb here and say Paul will have no commonality with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Alex and I may have one. What, which one is which one is Cruella Deville for you, Paul? What position? <laughs> you gotta wait. You gotta <laughs> wait. Oh, we gotta wait. We got no spoilers. No spoilers. We do. We do. We do yeah. one every week, so let's put up the list. Here's everybody's right. current pick status. Am I doing it, Alex? Oh, am I doing one? Can I? Uh, yes, yeah, please. Sure. What, 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 oh, am I going? Am I supposed to do it? Please do. Oh my god! I'm no, I'm just marveling at this visual right. The now. only thing this visual is missing is we don't know whose list is what. We should either have names at the top or the bottom. Well, they're in order. Well, they're in order. order. They're in order. Oh, they're the they're okay, I get it. They're right. in image order. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So what do you got, so Matt? I, well, I don't, I don't know the cat's name, uh, but the dude in Sleeping with the Enemy that puts on the crazy classical music before he plows out his lady, that shit is creepy to me. <laughs> and therefore, he is my movie villain pick. It's a very maniacal buggering that he does. Aaron Elliman, one of my stipulations was it had to be a narrative movie, so it couldn't be any movie about somebody real. It had to be a villain that was created. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think. Well, I mean, I'm sure that that shit's going on all over the world right now as we speak. But in that specific movie, in that piece of American cinema, I believe he was a fabricated villain. Well, there you have it. So that is it for week number two. Check us out next week as we see who our eighth pick is for the best movie villains of all time. 
And in our final segment every week, in a very special Matt Booth edition. So, oh my. if you're at work or anywhere public, Dave, if you're still at Walmart, I suggest maybe turning the volume down a little bit. Mar- Martin Bernie was the name. The guy That's with his the mustache, name? right? His mustache. Yeah. Mustache. Yeah. So, yes, if you're anywhere public, you want to turn your volume down a little bit. If your kids are in the room, you might go send them to go make a sandwich. Because <laughs> What's for the Would You Rather, sponsored by Gurkha Cigars, Matt Booth edition. What the fuck? So. <laughs> oh, I'm like waiting for this one. one. Oh, so, wow. um, so you can tell who doesn't watch the show when they laugh at these intros. <laughs> and we can tell who doesn't really follow KMA Talk Radio. In his defense, oh, it's early. How not surprising to see that introduction. I was. I, it's one. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> It is a good one. So this segment is uh, obviously brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Very simple, Matt. I'm going to ask you a would-you-rather question. And cool. you'll, you'll not only have to answer it, but explain to us why. I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready for question number one? I'm ready. Question number one. Would you rather get slapped in the face every time you had a sexual thought or get whacked in the genitals every time immediately after having sex? And and I can't like freestyle other options. Are there actually rules here? Can I you just gotta say, pick one, but then you can freestyle it afterwards. But you gotta. I'm gonna generally... go. I'm gonna go slapped in the genitals uh, simply because I think people pay more for that uh, pound for pound. You know, uh, and I want value in my life. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, even I think recounting the tales of of, of genital bludgeoning to other fans of that uh, kind of activity. I think could could win me some currency, you know, maybe uh, cigar events, you know, truck stop bathrooms, where you know, wherever I need to make conversation. Um, so that's what I'm gonna go with. So thank you, Matt. Very much. Matt, we really had a very reserved show with Matt because we had serious talk, company acquisition, new yeah, man. Everything. So yeah, we really, we really let you hone all that energy for this final segment here, where you really okay. let loose. Ready? So dick out. Let's go. Question number two. Speaking of dicks. Would you rather have a fully functional micro penis or a rectally dysfunctional huge penis? Well, look, man, I'm going to go with the huge hog, the Heffenweiser, number one, because I have this, this, this vision that came into my mind as soon as you said that. And I was thinking about this little you know, baby needle dick, just rock hard. But, but it worked. About- but it worked. Right, right, right. No, I get it. But imagine like you walking through a crosswalk somewhere and somebody honks at you or or you know it's the, you know the typical like oh hey kind of thing that happens in a traffic type situation and you just face that car and you just throw that hog under the hood of the car you understand what i'm saying like you just drop it on that hood like create physical damage to that vehicle that's what i'm talking about like damage things weight and there you have it. all right Final question there, would you rather send me to you by Kirkus Cars? I don't want you just to fire it off an answer because this might be a very tough call for you. All right. So if you, oh, need, if you need a minute, if you need a okay. minute, stay with us, we're ready. Who, provocative. 
would you rather have sex with? Rick James. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, you got to give me the action. I'm sorry. Not an option. Give it to okay. me, baby. Though, when I tell you the option, he may that option might look better for you, might be acceptable for you. Uh, Queen Elizabeth or Hillary Clinton? I would raw dog Hillary Clinton in every orifice that she did not want it in. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even into politics, okay? And this isn't, I want to make it very clear. I don't believe in the system, okay? So I'm not doing this for, this isn't a political bug ring. But I think that bitch is stone cold. I think she's stone cold and she needs a savage penetrating. So the royalty, straight. the royalty factor doesn't entice you at all, the queen. No. Queen. No. I mean, no, I mean, I think That's I would have like a fanciful like brunch with her and wear borrow <laughs> one of her hats. A little tea time. I'd like to wear one of her hats. Yeah, some tea. Yeah, okay. man, I'd do it so, like that. I'd I just want to know when you picture this, are you in hats, but both of you are fully naked having a tea party? I'd say that. Well, and also shoes. Like I want shoes with buckles on them. There you go. And the and the white gloves. I think some sort of sequin embellishment somewhere. It doesn't have to be overdone. Don't play it out. Have to fucking rhinestone cowboy that shit. I mean, it's tea. It'd be ah, that's know, a good a point though. Quentin Thor Nation makes a good point. I mean, can you beat yeah. Teabagging the Queen, bro? This dude is fucking on it, and he gets he it. That's all. I'm he gets it. He gets it. That guy gets it. <laughs> and there you have it. Our would you rather segment brought to you by Ooh. the fine folks over at Gurkha Cigars, the Matt Booth edition. We'll have to censor that for. Uh, Social media a little bit. Yeah, uh, send me the clip. You made Savage a clip. raw dogging and all. As always, Matt, thank you for taking time out to join us. We hope we've entertained yep. everybody, maybe taught you a few things, made you laugh. We wish you all of us wish you the best of your uh, the best yeah. and all the yeah. best of your new endeavor. Very excited to see some of the things that come up. Um, William, as always, thank you for your contribution this thank week. You. Thank you. Keep it eight on the pulse of what's going on in the industry. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Check us out on our Facebook pages, Smoking Social Private Face Group. Awesome place to be. Check it out. And next week, speaking of $5 million lighters, we'll be able to ask the questions directly and in depth. We have Zaya Yunan of El Septimo Cigars. Until then, everybody, keep it lit. <laughs>